Hey, want some original dungeon adventures? Would you like them all to fit on one piece of letter-sized paper? You seem like you're pretty much on the level, so I'll let you in on a secret. Head over to patreon.com slash goblinsgrowlers and join the $25 tier to get monthly one-page dungeons in addition to a bunch of other rewards. Patreon.com slash goblinsgrowlers. A winner Yay. is us. Gosh, I wasn't recording that time. God damn it! <laughs> No! <laughs> Are you serious? No, I'm not serious. <laughs> I know when I'm recording and not recording. This is Quid Pro Roll, a fantasy live play adventure where a party of unlikely heroes embark on a quest to bring dragons back to their world. Father, I'm bored. Tell me a story. <gasps> Better yet, tell me about the prophecies chosen. How are they doing? Uh, very well. They survived, making choices. And the temple still stands. Well, well, that's good news. I suspect the next thing on the agenda was looting, of course. The rascal's hunger often gets the best of them. Fair, fair. And did they find anything good? Well, the monk, too eager, and the scoundrel, too patient, neither got their way. Hardly patient, that boat. But eager for what, exactly? Often caught in his own head, but eager for escape. Ah, a... A classic party disagreement. And? Did they stay or did they go? The dragon's protege reprises her escape. As ever resourceful as she is. But you make it sound like it was quick. They found their way via waterway. Oh ho! The secret exit. Well, well. Indeed. Monk and Rascal, while left behind, tabled their arguments, their minds combined. (laughs) Father, you cannot mean what I think you mean. They both got what they wanted in the end. You're telling me that Solinar and Boat, after staying behind, leaving the perfectly safe flume ride to leave without them, then created their own out of a table. The best laid plans of mud and men often end in splinters. Well, that could certainly end in worse ways than splinters. And the rest of the group was there awaiting their arrival? Well, they were awoken by loyal hoofs, but soon roused their sandy selves. Well, well, and how did they find themselves there? Led. It seems, by she who snuffs the flame of life. Oh my. You know, I do wonder when it is that the party will find out that Snuffles isn't exactly your typical horse. The spores chosen, ever cat-like, chose to speak in the tongues of animals. Well, well, I guess that answers my question most quickly, then. However... Yet missing is the heart. Wherefore does it beat? Excuse me? 
We gave Barnaby an opportunity, and he's not on his post? I suppose the heart wants what the heart wants. Unbelievable. You give some people a chance. Well, how did it turn out for the prophecies chosen at the end of the day? First, lost and well ahead, but then found and well behind. As is so constantly their way. I miss her. As do I, father. So you all find yourselves, as you would expect, traveling along the land bridge on the way to Talaire. You smell the sea air, and overall things have been peaceful. You've been quiet, surprisingly, over the last couple of hours, the only sounds being the shuffling of your feet and the uh, tip-tapping of hooves. Tip-tap, 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 tip-tap. Hey, um, boat? Hmm? I have a question, if you would indulge me. Okay. So, theoretically, say you had a child. Mm-hmm. And say that you had not, no, like, met this child ever. Mm-hmm. Now, imagine the child shows up one day and asks... Alina, I gotta stop you right there. I gotta gotta ask you first. You're not planning on springing any news on me here in the next few minutes, are you? Like, you've discovered something and you're trying to share with me? It depends entirely on what you're referring to, because I will point out I am older than you by at least 25 years. I mean, you were gone for a while, so I'm just making sure you didn't run into somebody who's claiming to be my child or something like that. And you've told them where to find me. Okay, first of all, the fact that your immediate response was and told them where to find me raises questions. The second thing is- They might be lying to get my money. What money? Oh, that's that's right. I shouldn't talk about that. No, no. The question that I have is if, if this child showed up and was asking you questions about their mother and the genesis of their being and questions about their life and identity things, uh, would how, how could you not answer those questions? Why well, would you not? I mean, I feel like those are questions that shouldn't really have to be asked at that. You know, how old is the child? 75. Are we talking about a child or are we talking about you? <laughs> I am a, I am very new to the world, all right? Uh-huh. <laughs> like a like a, a sweet fresh born babe. Okay. Look, okay, I am still this person's child in the theoretical context in which we are talking. So, my initial reaction was going to be, well, I I feel like this person probably wasn't raised right if they're Coming, coming to you at 75 years old and being like, hey, tell me about the world and how I came to be. Like, that's just basic biology, man. But I don't I know. you asking about that. You said your genesis and all this stuff. I don't know what you expect me to glean from that. The, the genesis of, like, my parents interacting. All right. I thought you could have been talking about that, your spiritual birth, something like that. But 
Anyway, so what you're trying to tell me is when you said Genesis, you meant how did my parents meet? Sure, yes. And their courtship and such. Sure, yes. Okay. Um, so what was the question again? How would how, would you not if answer you those questions? If you were in that situation, why would you refuse those questions? I mean, because they were probably embarrassing answers. Like, uh, like you know, you met your mother because he like, uh, I don't know, tripped in a mud puddle in front of her father's house or something and busted his head. They had to bring him in and clean him up. And that's how he met her. That's embarrassing. That's not a, that's not a heroic story to tell your daughter about how you met her mother and how she came to be. What about what if, and what if too, what if like he went off to war and he was gone for 10 months and maybe like a week before he got back, he found out that his daughter had been born. Maybe he just didn't want to think about that too hard. Okay, first of all, that implies that my father was at any point in my life, and he was not. Uh, but no, I mean, he wasn't at war. He wasn't doing anything. And I had questions about what he, how, when, who, just... There was a lot of stuff I wanted to know about him and my mother, and he gave me... No answers. What, what kind of what kind of creature is your dad again? Uh, he might be an archfey known as the King of Stags. Mm -hmm. All right, so, so Mister Mister Stag, there, you just want to, <laughs> Mister Stag, <laughs> Milady, hello, boat tips his cowboy hat. Uh, like, well, like, did you ask him why he didn't want to tell you? What did he say? Uh. Nothing like he he just sort of brushed me off and tried to redirect my attention to other stuff. So you're telling me that at no point you went, hey, I want to know how you and my mother met. Why won't you tell me how you and my mother met? I absolutely did that. I am nothing if not direct at this point, but he didn't answer me. He didn't give me any straight answers. He said a lot of vague nonsense is it possible he was talking to you in riddles that you have to solve he I is a fae i'm just saying that's a thing for sphinxes is that a thing for fae i mean fae or tr trixie you know you gotta look out for them they'll uh what i i'm serious oh no please make more generalizations about my species fae are well known as trickeries they'll <laughs> no. I'm not I'm not saying you'll get I'm not saying like you give a fay a 20 they give you back a, a 10 and three fives and tell you that they didn't you didn't give them a 20 but you know they'll they'll play little tricks sometimes maybe not an arch fay or maybe not a fay that can blind people but I know some fay do yeah Elita I definitely was told that in school they used a simple metaphor for me to know what fay would be like they were like if a fae comes up to you and says trick or treat, they're not going to give you a treat. <coughs> Thank you, Johannes. That was very enlightening. I She's going to like look over at Solinar and just be like, help me. Solinar has just been eating popcorn this whole time, listening patiently, uh, enjoying like the, he had a little snicker at the moment where Alita says he never went to war. He he stayed and did nothing. 
Because he's like, ah, you can hear almost the subtle undertone of the bum. (laughs) I just like the idea of Solinar eating popcorn like Michael Jackson at the beginning of the thriller video. Well, Boat, uh, as he's about to talk, he looks down at his cloak and he sort of smooths it out. He's like, well, you know, it's important to remember that not all heroes wear capes. Some of us, I mean, some of them, uh, you know, stay behind the front lines when there's something going on. So maybe to you, he appeared to be some kind of layabout, but he was actually doing good. But I tend to give people the benefit of the doubt. Okay, look, if he is actually a super powerful Archfey and was clearly connected to my mother enough that... I exist. Uh, Yeah, I'd say that you're pretty clear evidence he was connected to your mother at some point. My point being, Boat. Solinar's eyebrows shoot up. (laughs) My point being that he could have probably helped my mother in the failed journey that came before us. What if he's on the side of the chromatic dragons? Then my mother probably would not have birthed me. (laughs) What if she didn't know? What if he kept it a secret? What if he's a secret chromatic dragon worshiper? Well, he's not a chromatic dragon worshiper. He, he's an archfey. That's they don't do that kind of thing. Well, now who's making generalizations? <laughs> <laughs> do they not have freedom of religion in the Feywild? Look, I'm hearing a lot of a lot of crosstalk and potential half truths, and let's. Let's start all the way back at the beginning. Tell us how you got into the Feywild in the first place. Okay, so... So, the Feywild of Virian is a constantly shifting swirl of color and vegetation. Fields of burning pinks and rich reds, trees of purple and green. Emotions and sentiments have a big impact on the geography of the area, with Archfey having the greatest effect with their moods. The travel across what was called the Elysian Plains was not terribly eventful for Alita. It was her and Felix walking across just this endless, multicolored swath of endless rolling hills. After a point... She reached an area that was rich and green, completely untamed as far as the vines, the leaves, the trees, and everything was just this dark, overwhelming sense of green, the kind you find in just the deepest parts of the oldest forests. The trees there are always in fruit, frequently with multiple fruits growing from the same tree. It was here, known as the Grove of Stags, that Alita was able to finally interact with Fae for the first time. At least Fae in the Feywild, which were notably different from the Fae she had experienced previously. Many of the denizens of the the Grove of Stags are, as you would expect, deer-based. The satyrs are more deer-like than goat-like, the centaurs are more deer-like than horse-like, and the deer are more deer-like than otherwise. 
with double deer with rare exceptions they all have two deer heads and four <laughs> antlers <laughs> it is guarded by a cerberus deer with three heads and very tangled sad antlers they make twice the <laughs> weird deer noises that would be Bleh. one heck of, that would be one heck of a rut but <laughs> i was going to spit water everywhere <laughs> That's what deer sound like, my guy. You're just walking around. <laughs> is is that what's happening? Is are there deer fay walking around making that sound? <laughs> I like the idea that it's not just the deer, but they're just like random deer centaurs and like deer fawn fawns just going. <laughs> it's like it's like they're all in like a one of the early comedy talkies or something like that. They're just walking down the street. They get surprised by something like. Bleh! And then there's a goofy sound effect. <laughs> All right, so double deer. Yes, double, double deer. The deer. It's double down. surprisingly like densely populated. This grove, while it's certainly not like the New York of forests, it's definitely got more. I guess you would say people in it mm -hmm. than you would probably expect walking across just the blank Elysian plains. In the distance. There is the sound of pan flute music and drums and the general sounds of like revelry and excitement. And it basically just sounds like there's like a jamming like Dionysian party going on and everyone's invited. Ain't no party like a Dionysus party because a Dionysus party don't stop. At least until the women that were invited run through the woods and tear people apart with their teeth and hands. Wow, just like Rome. When in Rome, do they have deer hands or are they people hands? <laughs> well, I mean, there are going to be there are going to be satyrs which have they normal have person hands. Of fingernails. Oh, that's they're terrible. Their people hands look more like deer hands than regular people hands. <laughs> Instead of fingers, they have tiny legs with hooves at the end. <laughs> no, I'm just imagining no. that gif of the that's deer awesome. that has its hooves and then it whips it off like gloves and then it just has like people hands underneath and it's yeah. terrible. Um, and it's just like, <laughs> it just makes that sound. So again, there is this the sound of revelry. There are several serrated cervidae, satyrs and centaurs at this event. Alita has clearly been drawn there by the sounds. She probably stupidly thinks she can ask for directions. And that's what I, when I says to him, I says, you have to take uh, a throughway one up to 36 if you want to avoid the, the stampede that crosses every day at 17. Oh, yes, that's a foolish way to go the way he was suggesting. You would have I to know. walk, you would have to walk past that big patch of herbs and spices that are growing there. It's a predominance of time. That's why they call it Times Square. There's I always know, people standing there looking at it. And believe you me, I said, you're crazy. But then he said, oh, I wasn't crazy. I was feeling extra energized because I stopped at Caribou of all places. I don't Caribou about that. And he holds up his hand. He's like, hold, friend. Someone approaches. A stranger, perhaps. <laughs> who is this shrouded and masked woman who approaches? I really what? hope she asked me about directions. They're my favorite thing to give. Hail, stranger. What might we do for you? Um, I'm sorry to be a bother. Um, 
looking for a person I think they're supposed to be here. Uh, it's been a really long trip. Uh, do you know where the King of Stags is? The King of Stags, you say? Oh, she said the Kings of Stags is who she's looking for. I'm sorry, is one of you only going to tell lies and the other is only going to tell the truth? Is that what we're doing here? You think, you think he's supposed to be here, do you? Well, let me ask you, are people ever supposed to be anywhere? Oh, that's a good question. Where are we supposed to be right now? As a ruminant, I must ruminate upon that. Mm. Well, that's a very potent rue. My name is Beatrice. My name is Alita. It's lovely oh. to meet you. I know you said that you weren't here to bother, but is it by chance that you have a brother? I, I think... Maybe I'm supposed to according according to this letter I I do. Let me let me see that letter. Uh this letter's uh, very private if you wouldn't mind. Uh it says his Ooh. name might be Xerxes. <laughs> Xerxes indeed. <laughs> what a Magical. <laughs> Stormhoof glances sideways at Beatrice. We're like, what a fortunate woman to have Xerxes as her brother, maybe, possibly. <laughs> oh, it is certainly not a bother to have Xerxes as your brother. Oh my god, you sound like Kafka. That's what this is. You sound like Kafka. Oh, she is having one of her episodes. She must not be from around here. Well, I guess not. Xerxes' location, I'm afraid we cannot help you with, but if you gallop, I mean walk about a kilometer in that direction, you might find the King of Stag's court. You'll have to pass through security. Oh. oh, she shouldn't take that route at this time of hour. Oh, she should probably take the stream down to the corner brook and then take a left at the big tree. If you don't mind, I could escort you so you don't find yourself lost among the wilds. Given that you said turn left at the big tree and uh, she looks around, all, all of the trees are big. Uh, yes, that would be incredibly wonderful if you would be so kind yes you see it's not a tree that's big in size you have to find the tree that's biggest in spirit I, that's where you turn it's you will know it's <laughs> so spirited that it has tree. a powerful aura you just have to be looking for it the, the trees here are very different from the ones i'm used to they all this speak. is a magical realm you're clearly unaccustomed to it <laughs> they they speak with very High-pitched accents. This is the common fae accent. <laughs> is it now? It's well, you've met two people and they both have the same. <laughs> the south of the Feywild is the cultural capital of this area and influences much of the art and speech and music, so you'll find all the upper crust fae sound like me. Are you sure that this is not just the and capital in the Hunger Games and that's where she's found herself? <laughs> And if you couldn't tell by my style, all the blue-colored face sound like me. How specific and whimsical. The Beatrice works at a factory on an assembly line. 
I make glue. <laughs> there are factories in, in the wild. I thought that was more of a Tellurian. They're powered by magical energies. No pollution here. Uh, that, we that's... only produce. We never use. Oh. So, uh, about that uh, taking me to the court of the King of Stacks? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, let's hoof it in this direction, if you don't mind. We should get there in about a half hour. She Speaking looks- of storm hoof, I unfortunately, with all of this talk of being, I've realized that I belong somewhere else at this hour. Oh, Valdrol, <laughs> I'll see you later, Beatrice. Thank you. I'm going to take 64 around the pike. See you soon. Watch out for the construction work. So, um, Storm Hoof? Storm Hoof, son of Venny. I am the son of a great warrior of the Feywild. So, Storm Hoof Venny, son. Yes. Fey, rest his soul. Wonderful. Um, so I assume that if you know where, uh, the King of Stags is, that you have interacted with him maybe before? Oh, very, very rarely. I have a friend who has a brother who's in a high place in the court of the King of Stags, and occasionally he gets me invitations to some of the wild parties in the King's court. They're delightful and delectable. So does that mean that the King of Stags is throwing lots of parties? It would be misrepresentative to say that he was throwing the parties. He's merely facilitating them with space and entertainment and occasionally food and a blind eye to all the carousing. (laughs) Oh, oh, this is that sort of place. Oh, okay. yes, yes, it is. In, or if my name's not Storm of Venison. Okay. Is there any, um, I'm, I'm very clearly new here. Is there any courtly etiquette I'm supposed to know? I'm unfortunately not, uh, not from around here. But you are of the Fae. I can smell it upon you. All right, rude. Um, I yes. can't help it. You should wash more often. <laughs> Honestly. I have animal senses. I can smell lots of things. I, I'm, yes, I am a nymph. I am from the Glade of the Nymphs in Alaria. Mm, with that mask, you seem like a nymphja. Yes, that's a... Do you it's know karate? I, I have not uh, been educated in karate. I have been educated in mace. Well, that's good. You need to protect yourself if you're out late at night. Yeah, sure do. Uh, But no, I I travel with a lot of uh, humans and elves and halflings, so I wear this because otherwise uh, their eyes stop working. Oh, yes, a barbarous group of companions it sounds like you have. Oh, you have no idea. Uh, dealing with the mundane is so taxing for those such as we, is it not? I, I've i never found it particularly taxing. I've uh, just 
I th they themselves are taxing as people, not mm. because of their innate natures. Uh, I've found humans so taxing on every occasion that I've run into them. They're always so serious and don't have time for revelry. They're too focused on building their homes and protecting themselves from the storms and staying warm, having food. They never want to just have fun. Yes, uh, it would be terrible to be that serious and not enjoy yourself uh, regularly. Yes, they're a very self-flagellatory group. I don't have a lot of time for them. Yeah, um, sure, sure would be terrible. <laughs> but you asked about court etiquette, and I think you could just probably get by on politeness. We tend not to have too much formality around here. I, I have always been told, or at least uh, I've read, that there are a lot of potential faux pas when dealing with the Fae. Uh, mainly just with the king. The rest of us are fairly chill, if you'll <laughs> pardon my use of the vernacular. <laughs> Whatever... You, whatever gets your point across is perfectly fine. I, well, you, you are doing me a kindness. When you do meet the king, you must do the following things. Okay. When you meet him upon his throne, you must stand ten meters away, remove your face covering, bow twice, and say the following. Oh, great king of the fay, the arch fay. Glory be to you, and I bow in your presence. And then you approach by another five meters, bow again, and ask for permission to approach further. Oh, okay, could you go over that, that, that line for me again? She takes out, like, a pen and starts writing on her arm. <laughs> he repeats what he said. Uh, Brandon, I need you to repeat it. Here, here, uh, you, you got this, you got this, Gabe. Yeah. Play the clip. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's wonderful for the audience, but uh, I did not hear it because that's in the future. You stand 10 meters away, you bow, you take off your face covering, and then you say, oh, great king of the fae, the great arch fae, I bow in your presence. Glory be to you. Glory be to you. Glory be. Yeah. And then, okay. you approach, ten meter, then you approach. Ten meters away, bow twice. Glory be to you. Five meters away, bow again. Don't forget to take off your face covering. Ah. It's offensive if you don't. Spin three times. <laughs> Spin three times. <laughs> wiggle your nose. And then you got to do this with your fingers. <laughs> uh, so for context, guys, he's uh, doing a thing with his fingers that I don't think I can That's do. It. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> for context, he's doing, he's doing the thing with his fingers. <laughs> <laughs> um, that all I, the ladies like. That's it. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wasn't looking at the screen, so Josh was like, no. And then Alex was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so uh, Stormhoof leads Alita through the grove and it takes her to a a strange conglomeration of trees that looks very familiar. They cur the trees curve up into each other to make an archway, which almost looks very similar to the X archway that leads into the Glade of the Nymphs. Uh, behold, on behold, it's the archway to the archfey. On either side <laughs> is a satyr holding a spear and wearing armor made of leaves. 
Hail guardsman, it is I, Stormhoof, son of Venny. I bring this guest in our realm to meet the Archfey, the king of the Archfey. She has been instructed in the proper etiquette of the court. God damn it, I hate this guy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, honestly, I miss Venny so bad. That guy was great. That That's guy knew how to party. Once again, That's you it. fools say the quiet part out loud. We can't even maintain <laughs> false proprieties here. Look, man, if if you weren't here every, oh, God, like what, twice a week? It's like twice a week you're here. And we say, no, you can't get into the party just because you're Venny's son. We understand that you're Venny's son. We've always understood that. That's never been a problem. It's... Uh, you, you can't just walk in here. You have to have an invitation. Bless my father's bones. If it weren't for him, the <laughs> two of you wouldn't be here to stand idly by in your leaves, telling people what they can and can't do. He's right. I'm also a uh, son of Venny. Wait. Quit claiming that. My father was a saint and never cheated on my mother. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry you have to find out this way twice a week. <laughs> <laughs> and every night I cry myself to sleep at this fool who claims to be my half-brother. You and me both, brother. I mean, half-brother. You sound like Beetlejuice. Have I, have I not been on shift every time you've told this story? Because you and I share a lot of shifts guarding the archway to the archway. And I feel like... I should have known this about you by now. Yeah. Yeah, you know how I didn't know my father? Yeah. Well, then I found out who my father was. I went on this kind of like this fae journey where I went and I found my mother and I was like, hey, I really want to know more about my father. And she was like, well, I'm a nice parent, so I'm just going to tell you things. And it worked out really well because then I had a lot better idea of who I am as a person. And realizing that I'm Benny's son also... Made me feel like, you know, I give Stormhoof a hard time sometimes, but mainly because of his high voice. But he's, he's probably a pretty good guy deep down. Fake I, Faye! Fake Faye! <laughs> I, th- where I pictured this, this story going, I, I didn't realize that his mother was going to be so forthcoming with, uh, with all that information. Honestly, man, I thought you were going to have to go to the ancestry and read it to learn more about your genealogy. Yeah, I was ready to give up a lot of my spit. Alita and Felix kind of look at each other and look back at them and then look back at each other. Uh, um, and then and then you hear a deer noise in the background. Um, excuse me. I'm I'm terribly sorry to interrupt. Can I go through here do you have an invitation uh i have a letter from my mother it's very private you shouldn't ask her to read it whoa she's very defensive and protective about it wait who's your mother uh elmaine she's a nymph whoa 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 i've i've uh i've heard a couple things about elmaine uh you can you can come in that's that's not going to be an issue at all. Uh, Thank Venny, you. Venny, what have you brought as an offering? 
Vinny was my father. <laughs> right, 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 right. Sorry. I, I, God, I miss him so much. Yeah. Stormhoof. Were we supposed to bring <laughs> Stormhoof, what did you bring as an offering? Stormhoof uh, reaches into his uh, pouch and starts shuffling around in it. It's, he's got kind of like a messenger bag. He starts shuffling around. He's like, oh, yes, the offering. Well, of course, I brought an offering. We all know that that's the appropriate etiquette for entering the archway to the archfey. And he pulls out a wad of leaves and he starts <laughs> peeling them back like one at a time. And eventually he pulls 20 of them and slips it over to the guard who is asking for an offering. He's like, I believe you'll find that this offering will secure our entry for this errand. The guard just like very quickly, like licks his fingertips and then kind of flips through the 20 leaves and then stuffs them into a pouch behind him like he's got a back pocket. And he's like, uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I think we can let you through today. They're a uh, storm move. Gracious thanks, gentlemen. Thank you very much, both of you. Hey, you know, we hey. never, we never, we never, we never saw you. You never saw us. That you're you not my brother. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, don't, don't talk too much about your mom. Cause like, I, you you're probably going to want to talk to uh, to either Xerxes or the King of Stags before you go bandying that about, because, you know, uh, the stories. Wait, there are stories about my mother? Oh, I said too much already. Oh, you should, uh, you should oh, go you ahead and go and do it. Wait, what are what are some of the stories about my mother? No, no, no. You done did it. I'm in trouble enough as it Storm is. Up, you should really Storm just go. Alita. He's like, look. I, I didn't know whose daughter you were when I brought you over here, but as much oh, as I- Oh, is that what you're going to say now? As huh? much as I disagree with these two on a daily basis, you, you really should take their advice to heart, especially if we're to get into the inner sanctum through the archway of the archfey and get out alive arch today. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, wait, did my mother do something? <laughs> oh, you don't did it. Oh, you don't did it this time. <laughs> oh, the things your mother. No, 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 no. I'm already in enough trouble. Oh, you, you almost did it again. I, I know. I know. It's Storm, so tempting. Stormhoof, during all this, just sort of relaxes a little. You see, sort of his, like, the rigidness of the way he carries himself, like, sort of relax a little. He's like, come on, let's just go. This is whatever's going to happen is going to happen. Let's go on in. Uh, all right. After so, you. So the pair enter past the archway of the archfey, and there is a soft shimmer as they as they walk through. The air feels different here, almost purified. Motes of golden light just sort of rise in small bits all around the area. There is just there are just as many people. Again, quote marks here as there previously were. Fair people too. <laughs> Though they are dressed in increased finery with silks that seem to change color as they shift in the light. I'm assuming Stormhoof is like, finally, I am with the elite. Yeah, he, uh, he has a big smile on his face. He has this look in his eyes of, I've made it. I've arrived. Stormhoof, if you don't mind, is there something I need to know about my mother? 
Milady, it's not my place to say. I, well, she can't tell me because she's dead. So I'm, the, I'm sorry. The next, my mother's dead. Uh, yeah, I said, I, I said, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were confused. I appreciate the, the sentiment, but I, I, I don't, I, she can't tell me anything. And she didn't, in, in, in this letter, she didn't prep me for a reputation. Look, man, look, your mother was a, your mother was a wonderful person. I'll say that. I didn't interact with her too much, but suffice it to say, she put the wild in Feywild. I'm he's like, certain. He's like, look, man, don't make me tell you how I met your mother. I'm certain we're misunderstanding. And then it goes even further back. I'm certain we're thinking of a different Elmaine. My mother is a dragon priestess. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Lord Alden? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're on the same page. Don't worry about it. I am certain there's some misunderstanding. My mother was fairy. She was fairy. She was. How do I? She didn't party. Oh, I'm, milady. I'm certain that there's a misunderstanding on your part. <laughs> Look. I'm sorry. I've been around the Feywild for a long time. I've been trying to get into these parties for a very long time. How old are you? How old are you? 75. Look, for three times your age, I've just been trying to get into some of these wild Archfey parties. So, believe me when I tell you that the parties were never wilder, and I wasn't there, when... <laughs> than when your mother was around. I can't imagine why you weren't invited. Look, man, I'm just trying to tell you what's going on. <laughs> Maybe it would be better if I spoke to Xerxes before I meet the king, I guess. I, I, did I, he know my mother? Yes. He did. As far as I'm aware. Uh, she says that he's my half-brother. Um... Do you know where I could find him? Well, he can't be too far. After after all, we've passed through the archway to the archfey, so he's got to be around here somewhere. I don't know where his room is or anything like that, but I'm sure if we walk around, we'll be able to find him. Well, the hard part was just getting in. I... Is this really that exclusive? It's a... It's a tree doorway guarded by two angry satyrs. Look. The power of the power is not in the walls. It's in the idea of the walls. People know that this is a very powerful and important place through the archway. So they want to go through it, but they're not allowed to. They're afraid something's going to happen to them. And those guards are really surly. So they stop them. So that's we've created. They've created a scarcity of knowledge. I, I have a friend who would be very angry about the elites uh, creating false scarcity. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. It's terrible. It's keeping people like me out of these wild parties. <laughs> I just want to wear a cowboy hat and be in these wild parties. Um, but I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, you know, all this talk about your mother and her wild ways, your, your father and your brother, they're they're good people. They're very good people. Wild ways. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Speaking of wild ways, as you are having this conversation, a loud, raucous, like, cheer goes off to the east, and you hear the sounds of music and fire and partying. Ooh, I heard that. It sounds like a lot of deer. Hey, let's give everybody a deer cheer uh, for a game to work with. So on, on three, everybody three, deer cheer. Three, two, one. Honestly, a lot of sounds. The cheering, I was just sort of expecting to be very humanoid, like, eh, but you know. No. <laughs> honestly, you can leave in one you or can two leave of the in, deer cheers in there and it'd be great. You can leave in me saying, let's give everybody a loud deer cheer afterwards, because it's going to have already played, so then people yeah. are going to hear us putting it together. So, uh, so Stormhoof, uh, Stormhoof's like, oh, we should probably go check that out. And he extends sort of uh, an arm to Alita. He's like, uh, would you accompany me, milady? I'd hate to show up to this party, stag. Uh, sure, I'll go that way. She's not going to take his arm, but it's just going to walk in that direction, clearly uncomfortable with everything that has happened in the last ten minutes. He sees her walk a few steps ahead, and then he, like, gallops. He starts galloping after her. He's like, but I'll I'll protect you. I'll stop them from fawning all over you. I don't think that is a risk. Thank you very much. I... I need you to get into this party. I need to be. <laughs> you, you can walk with me. I, I am more than happy to be your vessel to this engagement. I just need answers. I don't care about the party. All right. You're my cloaking device for this party. Let us away. <laughs> so the two of them are going to travel up to a very similar archway where there is a beefy pixie bouncer. Uh, wearing some kind of black shades over their eyes and holding a clipboard. Hello! Do you have your invitation? Hello, Moxie. How are you? Oh, Stormwolf. I haven't seen you in a while. Well, you know, Stormwolf, I get around. Uh, no, that is very true. It's good to see you, though, Moxie. Oh, it's always good to see you, Stormhole. Okay. Um, I don't have an invitation. I have a letter uh, from Xerxes that he needs oh. to see me in there. Oh, well, if I could see that is the letter. A, that is a 22 for deception. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, let me just roll. It's <laughs> 22 for deception. <laughs> yeah. Well, if I could see the letter. Oh, it's it's very, very private. He uh, said that if I showed anybody the letter, I should uh, mace them. Uh, Stormhoof uh, is picking up what's being laid down here, and he, uh, he trots up close to Moxie. He's like, hey, Moxie. Uh, oh, let, me, yes. let me tell you a little bit about this new friend of ours. Turns out she's Elmane's daughter. <gasps> oh. Yeah. So how about you? How about you let her in so she can go talk to her brother and find out what he needs? I uh, volunteered to lead uh, half, her over here. Half brother. Any daughter of Elmane's is a daughter of mine. You can go 
uh, Stormhoof reaches into his messenger bag again, pulls out his wad of leaves, and peels off three of them. He's like, no, no, no. Your leaves aren't good here, Stormhoof. Well, I'll tell you what, Moxie, why don't you buy us both a drink with one of these later tonight? Oh, I can definitely do that. All right, I'll, I deeply I'll love see you idea. later. I deeply love the idea that leaves are not actually currency, and he's just insane. (laughs) (laughs) Currency in the Feywilds is what you make it. Given that belief does shape the Feywild and, like, feeling shape the Feywild, that's actually very accurate. Belief belief also shapes modern economic policy globally. Uh (laughs) Okay, (laughs) folks. All right, you are. Okay, crypto investor. <laughs> All right, Dogecoin. Fake uh, coin. Oh, yeah, it's a fake coin. They get into the party and it is swinging. What a delight! There is music, there is dancing, there is cavorting, there is drinking, there's a bonfire. It is a wild event. A Feywild event. It's like in West Forest, Delphia, born and raised on the playground is where I spent most of my days. That is perfect. And I am angry that I do not have a way to do that naturally in this.